Good afternoon and welcome to another spectacular episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so happy to be with you on another wonderful, wonderful episode. And we have quite a little gem, that little nugget, that mine from the the uh, the caves of YouTube. <clears throat> I was about to say, describe YouTube another uh, way, but I stopped myself. But but uh, we saw this gem we on YouTube for free, and oh, I never remember the channel, Georgia. I I do apologize. I will make it a point to remember the channel. Oh crap! And I always say I'm gonna remember the channel I got it from. So I do. I'm saying channel. Whoever has this movie, I apologize in advance. I don't remember your channel, but guys, it was free on YouTube. What is our movie for today, Georgia? Topaz from 1933, not to be confused with the Alfred Hitchcock thriller with the same title. So this is the original Topaz, 1933. Yes, and this one is spelled with an E. Is that one? That's that one. Is that one spelled with an E? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah. So this one is uh like Topaz, the gem, but with an E. So see how I did that? This little nugget, this little gem. That's Topaz. See, I did it on purpose. <laughs> Georgia, tell us about. <laughs> Tell us about this movie. Well, this movie uh, is a pre-code movie because it was made in 1933. And mm. it received the uh, 1933 National Board of Review Award for the Best American Film. So this predated when they did the Academy Awards. But that's how great Moya is with picking out these <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful movies. But basically, I'm going to just give you a very tight little sketch of it. Topaz, the title character, is this very naive and gentle professor who is teaching uh, uh, at this private school for these very rich uh, elementary school bratty boys. <laughs> and he is Although he has these wonderful moral concepts, he wants to teach the boys, you're going to find out that he knows practically nothing about what life is like in the outside world. And that's where this movie is going to take him. And as a man of principle, you're going to see how his principles are tested and how he comes out of all this. It is very, it's a a, a beautifully done movie. It's a it has a tight script. The casting is perfect. The performances there's they're fine, strong performances. I mean, he is so amazing in this role. I think this is probably one of his finest roles. Yeah. I think I've seen him in a couple of other things, but because his the way he delivers his lines, I, I love it. It's like he will drop like a bomb, but he does it in this beautiful voice. This is made for stage, screen, radio. He has the most amazing way he delivers. And you can see why he's made out to be such an amazing actor when you see him in this role. Because when they land, he'll, he'll what he'll say will be a bomb, but you haven't realized it until after he's, after he's delivered it. It is that amazing. Yes, yes. 
And I would I would tell everybody who watches this to watch it with the captions going, because then you can truly uh, appreciate what he's saying. You can you can really understand it, and that's what I recommend when you watch this movie on YouTube. Do it with the captions, because you'll be blown away by it. Because the writing, it, 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 it it's just beautifully done. The the it, yes, the dialogue is just so perfect anyway <laughs> so there you go i'm sorry i got started and i couldn't stop myself oh no no that that that's what the audience tunes in for uh georgia and i couldn't agree with you more this is barrymore at his best um it also stars myrna loy uh her, her stars just starting to shine becoming a hollywood uh a-list actress and um and the and even the <clears throat> the supporting cast around them is a who's who of pre-code and um and you know that's one of my pre-code and film noir, those are my favorite periods in the um golden age of of Hollywood. So you're gonna see a few a few uh you know staples from that period. And um this so this movie, Georgia, we would it, it's a dramedy. And I would almost say it's more of a I laughed more than anything. Um and, and you laugh, it's not slapstick or anything like that, but you laugh at the laugh at the absurdity of it. <clears throat> of of uh so this is why I picked this. Um our last podcast was the sweet smell of success. And uh, I, we were going to do something else, but I did not want to skip Topaz because it just fits so perfectly in with After the Sweet Smell of Success because our life lesson, if you will, for the Sweet sm Smell of Success was about the machine or machines, plural, that drive business, the media, politics, money. Um, and if you don't, I, I think <clears throat> recent political history of America, people are starting to wake up, you know, what they call them, the normies. But people are starting to wake up to these machines that influence you, almost, almost, um, the propaganda, that almost brainwashing, if you will. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on, but you have to understand that there are forces <clears throat> that are colluding to get you to think a certain way and buy a certain way. And that's why with Topaz, you laugh because, like Georgia said, Georgia, this movie is timeless, right? I mean, it's I mean, it could it's, it's been it, what is eighty ninety something years ago, and you eighty nine years ago just change the clothes and the people keep the same words yeah. and maybe add a little tech and color. You you wouldn't have to change much. It's the same BS. Yes, ma'am. You know, and I am just <laughs> amazed that this movie is not better known because of the. Uh, people who start in it and the performances, but there's so many messages in it. In it, but it's not um, preaching it, to you. It's entertaining you, but there are so many messages. Right. Oh, for sure, there are. Um, you know, it's very sophisticated, but it's also a very cynical look at mm -hmm. um, modern industrial society and our advertising. Yes. Uh, and we're the same way. Uh, we still do um, people who are considered like experts or scientists or celebrities and we borrow off their good name to promote products yeah we still do that just like they show in this movie right and um but one of the things that uh that 
Professor Topaz uh, learns in this movie is how so different than what he teaches his students. He gets out into the, the real world and he finds out that how uh, bad and evil or wrong are rewarded. And then when a person is good and right and virtuous, <laughs> well, they are punished. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just like it, he he has such a rude awakening to the real world out there. But it is done in a very, like Moya says, it's not preachy, it's humorous, and um, it's done with a very light touch. But it really delivers the message so well. And I just really think this movie is kind of like a precursor to so many that happen yes. later. Yeah. You know, like the like the the justice that happens in it uh, um and and I was just floored by it yeah you know I mean you would see like the expression on his face and the gentle tone yeah. and the bewilderment in him as he is kind of all these things are just dawning on him right and it's it's done so effectively and like Moya says not preachy at all and I, I love that about this movie um one of the things that I was amazed about is because um, of the pre-code, they do portray uh, Myrna Loy's character. She is what we would call a paramour. <laughs> <laughs> and when the movie was, uh, they were going to re-release it in 1936. Well, by that point, the Hayes Code, the Production Code Administration was in effect. Mm -hmm. And so... And it was very strictly enforced. So it didn't pass. It was refused to get a production code certificate. They wouldn't let it pass because of the, you know, relationship uh, that happens in this movie. And so to me, you know, because this is a French morality play, it was written by mm -hmm. um, a French author and mm -hmm. his name was Marcel Pagnol. And, and this was a French play. It ran on Broadway. Doesn't feel stagey at all to me. But um, the thing is, is what he's trying to tell us is that um, this crass commercialism can people can be caught up in its evil, but yet a little adultery on the side, you know, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like I think what he was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> what's funny about that? You see how? Look, you cannot have a Mr. Smith goes to Washington without Mr. Smith goes to Washington. You can't have anything um, after that. The p other political movies then getting into the 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 fifties and sixties where you had advisor consent and then you had um seven days in May like this is the foundation for that and especially for that 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 naive character like um um Professor Topaz was and then the Mr Smith and the Mr Smith goes to Washington you know you can you can kind of see the evolution of that but um back to your point with the Myrna Loy character I mean this movie has everything the she's the honeypot. You know, she's the uh the sex part of it. What is man? So the beginning of the movie is hilarious. I'm not gonna just uh, Georgia. <laughs> I scream. I laugh so hard. It involves Myrna Loy, and that's all I'm gonna say because I don't want to destroy. Because it's a great, it's a great opening. It's a great joke. Um, but it, 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 and the scene after with the with the with the man and his wife. <laughs> um, and the the child and a dog, and and so it's just it's touching on every aspect because it shows you why people do the things they do. And the movie is not that long, but it shows you that people have 
have either external pressure uh, or self, you know, maybe it's self-imposed or internal pressure to act in a most foul manner, um, almost said deadly manner, because uh, what, to what Dr. Topaz, Professor Topaz gets involved in is, is medical fraud. And, or, 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 well, certainly, let's say this, certainly advertising fraud, you know, uh, misrepresenting a product that people, you know, it's a drink, a mineral, a tonic, if you will, or something like that. And I don't want to give too much away, but ultimately it goes into fraud and how he's a patsy. Let me just say, I can say that. Can we, uh, we'll stop right there, George. He becomes a patsy, but you need to see how it becomes a patsy. And I, these people saw him coming a mile away. It's so funny. It's not funny, but it's funny how they just take advantage. And then, you know, and like I said, I did pick this movie because we're, because we're living in, in us some, some serious, some ignorant times right now as far as people's health and choices. And you can really, and I was sitting there looking at this, Georgia, with my mouth on the floor. I was like, this is what's happening right now. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> this is where this crap is heading. And you know there, there's the sex part of it. People, people behind the scenes caught in these honey, they call these honey traps. Um, people having these, uh, these, uh, these relationships that cause them to do certain things. I just could not believe how honest this movie was. I know. It's amazing. It's so timely. Yes. And I, 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 it amazingly holds up after 89 years. It just floored me. I couldn't believe it. How spot on and how well done it was. Right, right. I, 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 I'm amazed by it. But, you know, I also really was paying particular attention to um, Myrna Loy and her role in this because mm -hmm. I think this is one of the roles that really helped launch her because she even though she portrays this kept woman you know she has this wonderful um way of coming across as being very warm-hearted and level-headed yeah such a complete contrast to the way the wife is and by the way jo jobina howell portrayal of 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 the baroness <laughs> is a scream it's it, yeah. it is hilarious but anyway getting back to myrna loy she is just as she is when she plays opposite William Powell in the Thin Man series. I mean, she's the same kind of person in this. And she used to play, yeah. like, really siren types. Yeah, vixens you know, she started and, yeah, villainous, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, so I thought this was interesting, the way they make her be more of a admired character, even though she is you know, Not a fallen innocent. woman and the wife. Yeah. And then the wife comes across as being very um, melodramatic and kind of very selfish. And the names of these people crack me up. Mm -hmm. the, the son's <laughs> name is Charlemagne de Latour yes. Latour. So their name is Latour Latour. Yes. And it just, it, yes. the whole thing cracked me up. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and to your point with Myrna Loy's character, she's not innocent. By any sense of the the word, no. Um, she knows where the bodies are buried. She know, and it's so real. And so it just goes to show you, this stuff has been going on since the beginning of time, but the frankness of it. And you would think <clears throat> maybe that's why this movie has been buried. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Like I said, I I've you know I know a, a good bit of Barrymore. I've seen. Let me just say, I've seen a good bit of Barrymore's work. <clears throat> and I've never seen this on TCM or uh, AMC when they were doing old old time movies and stuff or anywhere else. 
and I, and I was sh just shocked, you know, but so this has been going on, um, for quite a while. Maybe that's why this is buried, you know, why maybe, maybe because it's just too honest. It's just too, it's, it's brutally honest and because it, and it also shows the cross, the, the cross section, all that people like to say, the intersectionality of the educational system. How that is so influenced by money and power and politics, yeah. and you and again, it this stuff. This I could be talking about right, right today, right today was gone. Yes, and I mean it's just it was. I was just again. I can't stop saying I was shocked. I just I'm telling those of you who see it, we're not overhyping this, and you will not. There's not a boring scene in this film. No, no. Not at all. Not at all. And it shows, I think, not only just like corruption and malfeasance, not just in the education system and in uh, commercialism, but also in the government. There's like a yeah. role there where there's some people who are like uh, representatives of the government and, yes. and representation of a warden. I'm just not going to go any further than that. But then I, I'm seeing it at all these just different levels. And I am really floored by Moya, just like you said, how brutally honest it was in its depiction yes. of how of how pervasive and how and you have this very gentle, naive soul who gets caught up in all this and how he comes out of it. So that's what you're waiting to see. How does he come out of all this? If he comes but, out you know, of it, we don't know. You gotta watch it. If he does, we don't know. How does he? Yeah, we don't know. Well, you know, I wanted to also touch a little bit on what you said, Moya, about um, John Barrymore, because I had seen more of Lionel Barrymore, you know, the whole famous yeah. acting Dr. Barrymore family, you know, and the right. sister Ethel Barrymore as well. And um, he is a very interesting character. But what I was thinking as I watched this movie was how he was able to keep it together right. to deliver such a tour de force performance, because... A lot of you may know that John Barrymore um, had, you know, was an alcoholic and had severe uh, alcohol problems all of his life. Mm -hmm. And um, he wa was kind of like a roué. I mean, he was a womanizer and just, I mean, just kind of led kind of like a very, kind of like a bohemian kind of a lifestyle. What was that and word you just said? He was a roué? A roué, yeah. What's that? I've rogue. never heard that. Oh, a roué, yeah. It's R-O-U-E with an accent on the E. He was a roué. He was, you know, it means like a rogue. A rogue. It means the same thing. Okay. Yeah. He was, way. yeah, he was just a bon vivant, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like a, you know, a right, lot of very, French. like a, a hedonistic <laughs> lifestyle. I should say he was a hedonist. <laughs> but anyway. You're getting your French on today. All right. Because like, and that's. I'm that's, getting my French on. I that's really appropriate because yeah. this was originally a French uh, play. So that's very appropriate. And had a French director too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's very <laughs> Yes. Henri. Uh, what is it? Uh, Henri Dabadi Darrast is okay. the name of the director. Y'all hear, yes. hear her with her accent, huh? <laughs> She okay. went way back in her. She went way back in her throat to get that. <laughs> I, I did, didn't I? Well, you know, John Barrymore was known as the Great Profile, and you know he was on. He did shake. He did Shakespeare on the London stage, and he did all of these fabulous roles. And listen to this man's voice; mm -hmm. it is incredible. 
you don't hear anything like that nowadays. It's wonderful. But you know, there is a, I have to tell you guys, um, there is a, a, a crazy story about, I don't know if you've heard of this, Moya, about after he died, I think he died when he was about 60 and he had obviously complications from all the drinking that he did. Um, but there's this story and his granddaughter, Drew Barrymore, insists that it's true. <laughs> But after he died, they said that um, there he used to hang out. Well, before he died, he used to hang out with, uh, obviously, um, Raul Walsh and W.C. Fields. They were drinking buddies and also um, Errol Flynn. And Errol Flynn also was a big drinker. And so uh, shortly after um, John Barrymore died, they were going to have like a poker party. And they knew that uh, Errol Flynn was going to come to it all late and be really drunk. So they, the story is his body was stolen oh, wow. from, from the funeral home or the morgue or whatever. And they propped it up in a chair and they thought it would be a hilarious prank to play on Errol Flynn when he came home drunk. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Weaken that old time, old time weaken that Bernie's. Oh, my goodness. It was. It was like Weekend at Bernie's. And asked Drew Barrymore about it. And she said, yeah, it's true. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, oh my God. That is just like wild beyond wild. He was still partying even. I bet he didn't even notice his drunk self. And the irony, he played he played John. He did John Barrymore in a movie about his life. I forget the name of it. But yeah, he um he wound up playing him. Uh, talking about Errol Flynn. Later on, I think it was like in the 50s or something, he uh, played John Barrymore. So, yeah, I didn't know that they were friends. So that makes sense now. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, well, he, was a, he was a character. But, well, both of those were characters. <laughs> he was. He was. But I just want to say, you know, th that this movie, in a way, is like... Um, a piece of like if you eat like some sweet and sour candy it's got both and it's like a it's like a, like moya says i have to say again it's like a gem because it's got so many facets to it you know it's like you turn and look at all the different facets of this gem and uh i have to say that you are in for such an amazing treat and I am always blown away by how insightful movies, pre-code movies are, you know, and how they hold up over time. I am just aghast, but it's just, it's fun. There's a lot of elements of fun in this movie. And, um, well, we present this to you and hope that you enjoy it. Ha well, half as much as I did anyway. Yeah, I always wonder, had Hollywood not started enforcing the Hays Code, how America's psyche would have been because as we know, Hollywood and politics just became a propaganda machine. Um, you know, for, 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 it, it just was a, uh, incestuous relationship, you know, influencing how, uh, you know, a lot of stereotypes and, uh, it just, it, the, the, the powers that be the, in Washington, this is an open fact. I mean, this, this is not a secret. You know, but I just wonder, had they not done that, how, you know, I don't know. Like, would we have still been shaped the same culturally or would it have not made a difference? Um, because, say, like, if, would they have made more topazes? Uh, 
you know what I mean, George? You get what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I'm curious to find out. Because to me, my opinion, I think when they started enforcing the, the, Hays, the Hays Code, like you said, the movies became less insightful. They got kind of candy-coated. They started presenting these, in my opinion, these less realistic um, depictions of life. Especially in the romance genre. Oh my gosh, they really screwed women around with the romance genre. Because ro <laughs> marriage and romance ain't a darn thing like how they put it in Hollywood. But that was, but back to Topaz, that was on purpose. It's so, it was to set back to the commercialism, the corrupt commercialism. What it sold this, it sold that. We're just coming off of Valentine's Day. That's a totally made up holiday by the greeting cards industry. But it, look what it said. Look at the money. That it does, you know, selling these false hopes. And, and then I think on the men's side, men men ain't always beating their chest and I'm to the rescue and I'm fighting for y'all. That's a lot of BS. A man will watch you, depending on what's going on, a man will sh certainly watch you get your behind kicked. You know, he, he going to say, I was looking at something um on the news and uh, how can I make a long story short? This woman was getting harassed. She didn't deserve it. It was at a uh, at a at a meeting, and I'm I'm trying to parse my words because I don't want people like you getting political. But she was at a meeting and um getting harassed and by another woman, very unfairly uh to set if I do say so. Not no one stood up and came to this woman's rescue and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, don't talk to her like that. And there was a bunch of men, bunch of. Older white men, um, and it didn't matter what race it was, but I'm just saying it was that. It, they, I'm saying that they should have been in that generation where we thought what these men were, you know, oh, I'm, how dare you speak to that woman, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Girl, them men said that they was, they was de stone deaf, okay? They, they was deep. They didn't hear a doggone thing. And it was a, and so a, a, another woman had to come to the woman's rescue and, you know, pick the other woman and check. But anyway, I, I just, so Hollywood has lied, guys. And I don't look at a lot of Hollywood, uh, you know, a lot of Hollywood movies, modern holiday, Hollywood movies now. I can't, the last Hollywood movie I saw was uh, King Kong and Godzilla. So that show you how much I care about human interaction on film. I'd rather watch two demons <laughs> battle it out than watch two to uh to alleged to alleged demons then watch two real demons um <laughs> the human demons but anyways monsters if you will but georgia do you know i don't know maybe you look at more tv and holly because i really don't look at a lot of television and movie stuff do you think um to could topaz be made in the way it is now without being canceled and do you think movies still have a lot of propaganda? I mean, we know about being woke and all that, but I'm just saying, are they still trying to sell people the romance? And, you know, I don't know. Tell me, because I'm ignorant. I really don't know. Wow. Okay. That is such a great question. I think that if you had a very uh, bold and courageous group of people who decided to say, we're going to just show and expose everything that's going on and really lay it out there. I mean, you know, there's, I, they would probably have a hard time finding people who'd want to, uh, back it or do it because it. either a, they would be a, they would be afraid that they would be stepping on a lot of toes yeah. and they would be, uh, 
yeah, I think that it would take uh, somebody who's pretty bold and courageous. They probably it'd probably be difficult to get uh, it financed and produced and all that. I think it would nowadays because mm-hmm. we're living in such times where everybody's afraid of hurting somebody's feelings right. and and about you know saying the wrong thing and about oh they won't like me and right. you know all these kinds of things that are happening right. but you know our whole industry boy i have often thought going back i'm i'm reading a story right now about what happened in the very very early days of hollywood and how people had a tendency to uh idolize celebrities mm-hmm. and i'm reading a story about um a crime that took place and it it happened to do with uh you probably heard of fatty arbuckle who oh, was yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah. yeah well of course you know he was charged with a crime and y'all can look that up later but the point that i'm trying to make is a lot of times there are people that are uh they get into hollywood and they're sometimes these are people who are like and i know i'm going to step on on some toes here but they're like sometimes they're came from very really low you know like their their morals were really low they go into hollywood and then because they become famous then all of a sudden it's like they're you know we idolize them yeah we 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 listen to everything they say, and not only do we listen to it, but we think like, we emulate oh, I want to model myself. We will, yes. I want to copy that person. Yes. Yes. Uh, you make them your influencers. You want right. to be influenced by them, and and so you have to really go. You know, I'm the I'm a better. I may not make millions of dollars for reading lines in a movie or mm-hmm. playing pretend work, but I I am hearing now how like recently there was an actor who didn't want to have the movie snow white and the seven dwarfs made oh yeah right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and i'm thinking should a person who is an actor should they influence what movies are made and how and i mean that's what we're seeing right now we're seeing all that right so yeah Yeah, anyway uh (laughs) yeah you're you're right yeah i mean I, i think it's so political now you couldn't get Topaz made. And as far as the romance stuff, that's never going to go away. I don't, I don't, and, and you know, then you have uh, different strokes for different folks, if you know what I mean, happening to influence a lot of stuff. Um, um, and even that's not realistic. So they're really still selling a lot of propaganda, unrealistic propaganda to everybody. So, well, that's why it's called the Dream Factory, you know. So, and that's and um, but it's it's not what it used to be, guys. Um, these past two years, uh, the teeth, the wind, uh, whatever you want to call it, the power is uh has shifted, and I'm happy about it. You know, I'm not gonna get too much into that because uh, let's let's put the let's put the control back into um how Hollywood started upstarts you know with their cameras and going filming and doing it and telling the stories that they want to tell so and 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 that people want to see and will pay money for so and the customer's always right man you know well you would think but you know that's a whole another topic for another day georgia is there anything else we need to say about 1933's topaz um if you like art deco this is the oh, time when yes. it was at its height. So yes. you might want to take a look at these interiors. Mm-hmm. There is a restrained kind of elegance yes. to it. And also look at the way that Myrna Loy 
she is clothed mm-hmm. and it, it portrays her character. She has intelligence yes. and glamour. And then look at the way the wife. <laughs> oh, I loved it. She was a stuffed pigeon. She was a pit, stuffed pigeon in drag. I loved it. She was wild. Wasn't she Boy, wild? I could have said, yes, she was. I could have said it better. I love But it's a like hooch. Her. Yeah, she was, she was a ridiculous person and you want the ring or neck but i love people i love watching people like that i, I don't know that it's just she was like a cartoon character it was it was absolutely yeah. every, everybody was a cartoon character for the lesser lesser <laughs> greater degree yeah but so 1933 topaz guys check it out on uh topaz with an e check it out on youtube we had a wonderful time watching it. you will not be disappointed well we're gonna get on out of here for How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we'll see you guys next time. Remember, always be the star of your own show, your own movie, your own blockbuster, which is your life. See you next time. <laughs>